Welcome to another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies. This episode's pretty special. We're bringing you the CEO and founder of Myoderm CBD Products, Eric Smart, who also happens to be an avid fly fisherman. Uh, one of the most overlooked uh, you know, topics of fly fishing is pain, whether it's muscle soreness, fatigue, uh, joint soreness, arthritis, bug bites, uh, man, self-inflicted sunburns. <laughs> uh, Eric has developed a exceptional product that can address this while you're out and about, and uh, we think it's an essential item to throw in your vest, tackle bag, boat, car, etc. So, with that being said, this episode is brought to you exclusively by Myoderm, and we do have a Myoderm special code at myoderm.com. Use the code BEARFISH and you get 20% off. So stand by, and we'll talk about Myoderm, some Colorado fly fishing, and also a little comparison of some burritos in Orange County, California, and the must-have burrito style in Colorado. So... Stay tuned and bring your appetite on this one. and welcome to another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies. Today, we're bringing you a special guest straight out of Colorado, Mr. Eric Smart. And Eric is the CEO and founder of Myoderm, and he's also a highly enthusiastic fly fisher. So we got a lot to talk about. We got a great product line here, and we'd love to tie it into fly fishing because, uh, man, there's a lot to say about it. We're really excited to talk about it. So, Eric, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, outstanding. So let's, let's, uh, I want to hit the nail on the head here with the Myoderm. Um, got a few samples of this, and I got to tell you, it works straight up. I mean, there's a lot of CBD products out there. I mean, there's, there's tons. They're like everywhere now. And this one is, in my mind, 100% legitimate. So maybe you could just tell us, give us a, a background on Myoderm and, kind of what it is and, and, and how it works, you know, kind of give the 10,000 foot view and we'll kind of dig into it a little bit more from there. So, Oh man. I, uh, so as a avid fisherman and what I would qualify as a first rate hack, um, <laughs> the uh, common phenomenon for all fishermen is slipping and tripping on stuff. Yeah. Right. And you know, as you get older too, that the aches and pains kick in. So I've been very fortunate. My career uh, has been in pharmaceuticals and food manufacturing, and okay. I moved to Colorado actually from Southern California and started looking at the CBD, cannabis, all of that, and started evaluating what I could bring to the table. And I wanted to make innovative products, like cool stuff, which I'm very fortunate to have the capabilities, resources, and relationships to be able to build great products. And that's what we do. And what's special about Myoderm products, especially for pain relief, are they are actually called transdermal 
which means they go through your skin into your muscle and connective tissue. And that's very special. That's a, that's a difficult technology to deploy in this type of industry with these, these types of molecules. So CBD is a molecule. So you have to emulsify it, drive it through the skin and into your muscle and connective tissues to get an anti-inflammatory capability, which CBD is an outstanding anti-inflammatory. But I will say very directly, all the other topicals out there are exactly that. They're just going to sit on top of your skin. They're an oily mess. They do not penetrate your skin. They use menthol or camphor to get a effect. Now, menthol is a good ingredient. It's a desensitizer. And we've all used it, right? You know, you yeah. kind of smell like a locker room, but it helps with the pain. Sure. But it's not an anti-inflammatory. So, I mean, I will candidly say and very aggressively if another company makes great products, I will say that much, that company makes great products and we're trying to compete with them. And we think we beat them. In our industry with other CBD products topically, they're all garbage. Do not waste your money. Like if you want menthol, go buy Icy Hot. That's a good product. Okay. Right. <laughs> but if you want something that's being anti-inflammatory using CBD, go buy Miter. Uh, it will go through the skin. When you apply it, it's not going to be oily. It's going to be a water base. And it will dissipate in less than a minute. So that's how you get a great effect using CBD as an active ingredient. That's what we do. And if you have aches and pains, we're your guys. You know, and I think what's really fascinating about this product, Eric, is that that it almost feels like fly fishing had a bit of a driving force behind the development of this product. Like one thing that you mentioned was, you know, it's fast absorption rate, you know, and it's water-based. It doesn't leave an oily film. Um, and from your experience on the water and, and maybe how that played into the development of this, I think that goes a long way with either the beginner fly fisherman, the intermediate, novice, advanced on, you know, having something that actually works for them, but also doesn't have a... a, a a residue or a, a residue. I'm trying to look for other man, words. Man, Just a residue you, that makes life difficult yeah. on the water, right? <laughs> have you ever tried to tie a fly when your hand's a greasy mess? That, that would be All terrible. the time. <laughs> That'd be terrible. Like, right. it's, just, it, it's, it's already tough enough. Like, I don't need more challenge here. Right. And uh, we're able, you know, to provide a product that doesn't uh, give you an oily mess. It's going to absorb in your skin. So it's great for someone outdoors, you know, if you're active you're using your hands for tons of stuff, uh, whether it's, you know, tying a fly, you know, stabilizing yourself, holding a rod, whatever. You don't want to be a greasy mess. And that's that's a benefit of our product. Um, and it's really a substitute for ibuprofen. So folks out there who have chronic pains every day, arthritis, things like that, which, you know, it gets in the way of fishing too because it's a repetitive motion. So you're going to feel it more in your hands or your joints. This is a product you can use daily. There's no negative side effects. So what I love about what I do is I make world-class product that you're not going to find anywhere else. And we're the most distributed topical product in the U.S. You can find us in GNC, Dick's Sporting Goods, Select Rite Aids. And the reason we're there is because we make phenomenal product that makes a difference in people's lives. So whether you're fly fishing, which... I love, and I love to help fly fishermen out there, uh, or just daily doing what you want to do without aches and pains. It's a uh, very rewarding thing to do. It's a good way to make a buck. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and there's, 
there's quite a few uses for this that in prior conversations we talked about, and, and we'll dig into that. But uh, before we get into that good stuff, because there's one specific one that that I think will get a lot of fly fishers' attentions, but we'll hit on that in a second. But I think you know what we run into with a lot of fly anglers is is we have that need to rush to get to the water and go at it quickly. And a lot of us do not think about taking the time to warm up a little bit, to stretch out, you know, hey, we're, we're using our arms, we're using our upper body, you know, we're using our legs, we're, we're using everything, whether we realize it or not. And I'll hear the complaints on the water, whether, whether fishing on a river or, you know, let's say fishing Pyramid Lake in a cold weather environment, everyone's just like, hey, we got to get to the fish because if we don't get there, you know the attitude, right? You see water, oh, yeah. just boom, you're there. So th- this could be very helpful to the fly angler that whether they warmed up or not, you know, let's say, you know, they're they're casting heavy streamers all day, you know, whether it's like Pyramid Lake or maybe they're a, a saltwater guy. You know, they're fishing the flats out in, in Florida or some other exotic location. Um, they'll first thing they'll start complaining about is, oh, man, you know, I've been casting so long my elbow. Oh, my elbow hurts, my shoulder hurts or, my you know, my traps hurt or my back hurts. This could be a beneficial thing to maybe extend their time on the water, you know, and as a topical anti-inflammatory, you know, kind of knock some of that pain away and not just mask the pain, but actually do a real job. And that's being an Absolutely. anti-inflammatory. That's, that is what is happening. That's what CBD, what it does, how it works, it actually inhibits the breakdown of anandamide. So anandamide you produce in your body, it's endogenous, and that's how your body fights inflammation. There's an enzyme that breaks that down. CBD bonds to anandamide and blocks that enzyme from breaking it down. So when you locally deploy it with our cream, in that area, you're going to have massive amount of anandamide that's not being broken down. So the inflammation gets knocked out like in minutes. And a pro tip. So All right. Let's say you got a spot, shoulder, elbow, whatever that's on your body that's you know, gets fired up pretty easy, right? It's, it's prone to inflammation. You can apply it prior to, you know, you get down the river, your shoulders, you know, it's going to get achy after about 30 minutes, apply it prior. You'll go longer without inflammation because it'll get in there and inhibit the root cause of inflammation there. So you'll be able to fish longer, more comfortably and I don't know about you, but you probably keep better form. Like when I have aches and pains, like I'm all making adjustments. All of a sudden I'm slinging my arm around. I'm rolling into the cast instead of just nice, quiet, easy movements. Right. So right. That's, um, that really is from a athletic standpoint, that's an advantage of this product. You can take it prior to doing your activity and you're going to reduce or limit the inflammation that usually kicks up. So it's, it, what I'm seeing here too, it's a quite, it's a more efficient delivery vehicle than, you know, taking a, a capsule of ibuprofen, you know, because in my mind, in layman's terms, Hey, I'm taking this pill and that, that ibuprofen is getting disseminated through my whole body, right? It's Correct. not going, it's not going directly to the source. So whether my, my fingers need it or my knee needs it or my hip needs it, it's going everywhere as with the myoderm direct contact and you're not wasting, you know, basically you're not 
you're not thinning that anti-inflammatory out. It's not going everywhere. You're going straight to the straight to the source, so to speak. You know, huge huge advantage. And here's why: systemic delivery is easy. You just you know take a pill, but with ibuprofen and other anti-inflammatories, that's pretty rough on your digestive tract, your GI tract, right? So oh, if you're yeah. using that on a regular basis, everyone knows you don't want to take ibuprofen daily. That's no. not not a good thing. That's going to be rough on your kidneys. So if you do fish on a regular basis, let's say you're lucky enough to get a whole week of fishing, right? So you're going to feel it 100%. Like I don't care what kind of shape you're in. You go out there on the river, the lake every day, three, four, five days in a row, you're going to feel it. You're going to want to take something. So you can take this every day, multiple times a day, and there's no negative effects on your body. So it's localized. It's not systemic delivery. It's a local delivery. So that means it's not affecting anything in your GI tract. It's getting delivered. It's depoting in that area. And then it's just moving through your bloodstream, not your body. So, and I know this isn't listed on the uh, product itself. I actually have uh, a little bit of my derm in my hand right now. Uh, but there's at least two other areas that fly fishermen may want to know where this could come in handy. And I think you mentioned something in a prior conversation in regards to maybe sunburn, windburn, and even bug bites. Oh, yeah. How, do, how oh, does yeah. that work? Well, uh, I offer this challenge to your listeners. Okay. It's, it's a bold one. So All right. <laughs> they do not have to do it. But if you burn yourself, apply my derm and we'll instantly stop the burn. Instantly. So I'm not saying go turn your oven on and prove me, try to prove me wrong. (laughs) I'm just saying that's the truth. And what that does is because it, it, that anandamide right there knocks it out. So once you, it's a massive increase in your body's endogenous production capabilities. Like it is just, when you have a burn, your body's sending everything there immediately, right? It's an acute high, high stress situation. So this allows it to your body to be optimized. Nice. And what about, and here's a key one. I'm not so prone to this, but I watch my buddies get eaten alive a lot. Oh, <laughs> Especially man, after it's rough. Bug bites. Yeah. So would this have the same effect to help alleviate? It does. So let's say a mosquito bite. So mosquitoes bites are an inflammation. So it will reduce dramatically the pain and itchiness of it. Um, not all bites are inflammation. If there's ven- there's more venomous bites, those could be different reactions, but there's always inflammation. It will reduce it. It's going to reduce the irritation. Um, so you're going to see a net positive 98.2% of the time with some sort of bite, um, anything inflammation related. Right. So it's funny. I mentioned this to a good buddy of mine who, uh, who's, who's, uh, hot and heavy and busy in the, uh, in the fishing world in general and conventional and fly fishing. And he recently did a, uh, a session, uh, two sessions out at, uh, in the Bahamas in a remote location. And when he came back, um, I did have some samples of my derm. I'm like, Hey, I'm like, you have to check this out, you know? And, and I gave him all the advantages, you know, uh, he's a pretty physical guy. So he's like, Oh, that'd be great for, you know, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but Hey, check it out. I'm like, sunburn and bug bites and he's like are you kidding me and i'm like no and he's like man i wish i had that when i went to the bahamas because we were getting eaten alive by mosquitoes and biting bugs he's like that would have been a lifesaver so so just so you know i gave him i gave him a couple bottles of it and he's up in uh he's up in bc right now doing some uh salmon and halibut fishing and you know the mosquitoes up there are are bat-sized just like they're they're, in alaska it's (laughs) 
Jurassic Park season <laughs> up there. It's right. Crazy. Right. So I'm excited to hear his feedback, but I have tried it, you know, and personally, my wife tried it. She gets, she gets chewed, chewed alive by mosquitoes. And, um, I told her, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, we got a little bottle of myoderm sitting there. Hey, why don't you put that on there? And she's like, really? That's a CBD. I'm like, just, just do it. And I, I kid, I kid you not, Eric, within 10, 15 minutes, she came back and she's like, Hey, uh, Hey, you need to tell those myoderm guys that, uh, Hey, this really works on on bug bites and i'm like i'm like well yeah they they're the ones who told me she's like wow she's like she's like you know it doesn't it doesn't like 100 percent go away but it's like i'm not trying to reach up and you know and scratch i don't i don't feel it you know like it really knocks it down and 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 you would see it like literally you know when somebody is when they react negative negatively to a mosquito bite you can see it you know you got to be irritated yeah totally it's terrible right and she put that on it was almost like it disappeared like you're like, hey, well, you this is another, to- this is another listener challenge. Okay. Okay. Once again, I'm saying you can do it. I don't recommend it. Okay. <laughs> but it's there for you as an option. If you took a, let's just say a thin piece of wood and you just uh-huh. smacked your arm. So there's a nice red whelp right there. <laughs> if you applied myoderm, <laughs> you would watch the redness go away right before your eyes. Wow. It's, it's because once again, that inflammation is driving that redness and that's what you have to neutralize. So obviously with bug bites, there's venom, there's some other, um, antagonist involved, but the irritation and inflammation is what you're trying to really get rid of. And that's my will do that. Outstanding. Outstanding. Um, I kind of want to segue a little bit. I need to, I need to hear a little bit about your fly fishing experiences in Colorado. So oh, man, you live- it is. It's, you live in a Mecca out there. It's, it's solid. There's no complaints. Um, obviously we have the Colorado river, mm-hmm. which I've fished the Eagle, which is phenomenal. Uh, they, we have the blue, the, uh, the blue has some legendary fishing. It's just heavily pressured. Um, and you just have to be, you know, pro grade to catch those fish. They are, they are quite intelligent. Um, you know, uh, one thing I've been able to do, which I don't know if your listeners and how available is private water in California or the, uh, Nevada yeah, area. And in, in, in California and Nevada, it's, um, it's, it's, there's a lot of open water. There's a lot of public water, uh, in Nevada. Like I'll give you an example, like with, um, the Truckee river. So we're, mm-hmm. we're here in Reno Truckee river for the most part is all open public access. There is a small stretch that's hard to get to because currently you know, recently a <clears throat> person procured a large amount of land up to the riparian line and whatnot. So it makes access difficult, but there isn't too much restriction. And in California, it, as long as it's a navigable waterway, um, you can run the riparian line. If it's, uh, if it's non navigable, uh, then you can run into an issue. The landowner could have the, the rights to that water. Like the East Walker River, there's a section that's like 2.2 miles of, you know, it's private. You got to pay to use it, but the rest is wide open. So it's not, right. not, not what, too what's bad. The, what's the difference if you, for example, get access to that 2.2 miles there? Is the quality and quantity different than the rest of the river? It, it actually, it actually, it can be. It can mm-hmm. be. And there's, and then on that specific private water, it's, it's the Shriney Ranch on the East Walker. So on that piece of property, there is a few springs that feed into there. So the fish are attracted to that, especially as things get warmer. Um, mm-hmm. 
so you'll find you can find a little bit less spooked fish in there um but however it is such a small waterway <laughs> that those fish commute between california and nevada because the east walker straddles both states and those fish commute up and down you know so right. it's it's there's a little bit of a difference quite honestly not that much it's just but they're not get, so that stretch you don't have a lot of fish setting up shop there they're moving through and uh they're moving through. You got, uh, you know, it's it's more of a brown trout fishery. You know, there are rainbows right. in there, but brown trout when they get bigger, they set up camp. Right. Yeah. You know, That's so a lot. Of, there's a lot of that in Colorado here. So there, there's actually quite a bit of private water out there. But thankfully, the people who have that make it very available to guides. So they're charging and everyone's making a buck. But I will say this: a lot of browns and the browns do set up shop and they are. They are war pigs, man. There's some monsters out there. They, I mean, which is fun, you know, it's like get yeah. access to that. And, uh, so that's one of the benefits. Um, you know, I don't have a ton of experience. I started fishing when I moved here and I moved here from orange County in California. Okay. And, uh, I started to get interested. I'd done a lot of uh, saltwater fishing. So I'd go down to Sea Cortez, uh, and I grew up in South Carolina and doing a lot of lake and saltwater fishing there. Okay. Uh, so I grew up my whole life fishing and really didn't get into fly fishing until I got here. But man, if you're going to fish, fly fishing is the way to do it. And it adds a whole different element, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just an endless bottomless pit of technique and unique, um, aspects to fishing that are very personalized with the fish. So you're not on a boat generally. I mean, you can do boats, but you it just seems more personalized. And that's why I, I love about it. Like I'm, you're there, you're really working that fish. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. So, um, I do know that Colorado has a nice blend of public private access. And because of that, if you want to pay some extra bucks, you can get access to some phenomenal, I mean, crazy fishing, uh, but the public water solid, uh, down at the bottom of, um, you know, the, the range here, you have Deckers, which is um, heavily pressured. There's still tons of fish, but once you get up into the mountains, into the Eagle in Colorado, you, you can fish. I mean, you just walk anywhere and you find some good fish. And if you go near bridges, obviously bridges are easements that you can have access to. Even if there's private water right next to it, you can still fish there. So there's some um, there's some great just drive in and you know if you if you got to find out what what they're biting, but uh. Besides that, man, it's a great place to fish. So I'm just curious because what we find in a lot of different areas out here, so like let's say with with the Eastern Sierra, right, a majority of our waters, you're either still water fishing and uh, a majority of those still waters are smaller with the exception of a few, or our rivers are smaller. You know, you mm -hmm. might, in some states they may be considered, <laughs> you know, streams or creeks, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, in some cases. I've been there. Yeah, right. So di different, different fishing methods. So out here on the smaller stuff, you know, we have a lot of traditional stuff where you got guys indicator fishing or nymphing, you know, with, with certain rod sizes and stuff. Um, and I, I would say predominantly minus the Truckee river, which has a huge, a huge following of like the Euro nymphing style, just because of mm -hmm. certain, certain pockets of water in certain sections are, um, a, a, keen to that right that style of fishing 
but the rest of the river is kind of big and wide open, fast flowing and, you know, big, nasty. You know, so you have to get into your traditional styles and even into like switch and space styles. But anyway, what I'm getting to is, you know, what do you see out there on your favorite rivers? You know, are you using like your typical like nine foot rods? You know, are you nymphing more or do you have more of a dry fly fishery out here? Because our dry fly fishery out here is minimal. Like there's days on the calendar that you can mark. I think this day we might be able to get some dry fly action. Whereas I feel like I hear more chatter in Colorado where that, that dry fly hatch might be a little bit more viable than it is here. Well, that's, that's kind of what I like fall because you're going to get more opportunities around that. Uh, summer's good too, but fall's like really good for having uh, dry fly capabilities. And it's pretty much every day. You just got to, if as long as the weather is agreeable, temperatures are agreeable. Um, yeah. And, and what the hatch is like, uh, but majority's nymphing. I mean, just from a productivity standpoint, you're just going to catch more nymphing. So it's easier. Sure. So more people do it. But you, you literally, I think, through from summer to fall could dry like every day. You wouldn't have as much opportunity. You have to wait. Timing matters a lot more, stuff like that. Sure. But, uh, it's possible. Sure. Um, the fish get lazy sometimes. Uh, the, uh, the, you know, it's – streamers are my favorite here. It All has right. really good water for streamers. It's just like, you know, it's uh, – and it's a lot of action. You know, it's a good time and they're pretty, it's pretty productive too. Interesting. Yeah. That there's, hey, there's something to be said about, um, about dry fly fishing. You know, every, everyone gets poked fun at for their style of fly fishing, you know, within the fly fishing community, like, ah, the dry fly purist, you know, and, or you got, you know, the Euro nymphing guy, or you got the switch guy or, you know, the streamer chucker and everyone kind of fits into this slot. But I have to say like with dry fly fishing, that's, that's how I got my, start on fly fishing because that's the outside perception like fly fishing oh i'm floating this thing on top of the water and a fish comes up and take it and there really isn't there's there's it's, hard it's the to most match adrenaline it's the most it adrenaline by far there, there it is nothing's even close right right so uh but as a person who sucks at it i also know it's very disappointing because you miss you can miss a lot so there's <laughs> there's a trade-off there you know Right. <laughs> right. Right. Hey, don't feel alone in the missing part. It's, it's, you know, it's almost so exciting that like when you're, I mean, you're staring at your fly the whole time. You're like, there it is. And sometimes you get so caught up in the moment to where, you know, you're either so eager, you're waiting for that bite to come on or you're so far deep in it, or you, you feel like you're targeting a specific fish out there. Like, I think there's a big fish right there. I keep seeing a snout come up or whatever. And then when you see that thing come up and take it, it's almost like you're staring at a picture. You're like, oh, wow, that was cool. And you're like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got to react, you know, <laughs> you know, and I've caught myself doing that where I'm like, oh, hey, look, he just took it. You know, I have a buddy. Hey, you going to set the hook? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> you know, you know, so I get it. It's uh, it's the for me, it's the most immersive activity I can do, which is a, a weird thing to say, but I can prove it. I can prove it. Hmm. So, uh, and it ties into what you normally cover here. I think it's a key component. Um, it's the only thing I can do where I forget about food. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so there's no activity where at some point I'll go like, man, I'm kind of hungry. Like, is it time to eat yet? And, uh, I can sit there and be on the water. And so all of a sudden, like, I haven't eaten like for hours and it's yeah. way past lunchtime. I like, I've been. 
you know, just working different holes and like trying to, you know, I can see that fish. I use the concentrations there. And it's just, it's just the only thing I can do where I don't like, Hey man, we ready to eat. We good. So I'm a huge proponent of pulling people off the water and making sure they, eat. whether I have clients on the water, I'm fishing with friends or whatever. It's like, Hey, look, hard stop. Like, I don't care if you think the fishing is good. I can tell you it's not good right now. Or even if it's great, I'm like, guess what? Those fish will be there when we get back. Well, trust me, take the time to sit down and let's talk about the experience that we just had for the past. Well, at that point, it's lunchtime and I'm an early starter. So it might have been six hours since we even right. had breakfast, you know, if, if, if we had breakfast, right. And, uh, you sit down, you take that break, you re-energize, you refocus, and then if your plan is to spend the rest of the day on the water, you're you're in a better position to do that. You know, both both mentally and physically, because what everyone gets lost in it, and, and and that's a that's a great thing. Just like you said, you just you get you so tuned into your environment and what you're doing. There's there's so much to think about, and and for the outside person that hasn't divulged in fly fishing, it's one of those things that's hard to explain, right? Because let's take a river, for example. So, you know, you, you take the time to prepare yourself to get down there and everyone has their different way of preparing, right? So you do all your stuff, you get yourself together, you get in the water. Now, what are we dealing with, right? First off in our head, we're like, okay, we're trying to find fish, you know, but immediately we, we step in the water, right? So now we have a literal balancing act, right? We're dealing with flowing water, whether you're ankle deep or knee deep or Man, who knows? Maybe you're waist deep, you know, depending on your water. Now your body's navigating balance, right? You're like, okay, I'm trying to hold my position here. And then you're casting, you're doing that. And then all the sounds capture you, right? And everything that, you know, everything that's happening around you. And then your awareness goes way up because you, you're forced to tune everything else out, right? Because my focus is that fish and, and whatever method you're doing. I'm dry flying, nymphing, whatever. I'm trying to work this section of water. So now your mind your mind is in the gear of, you know, like, oh, what does my fly look like underwater? Am I feeding him the right thing? Is he hungry? Man, is that fly too big? Oh, my tippets. I mean, you got all this stuff going through your head. And and people don't realize with all those actions where you're focusing on that one thing, you're, you're burning a lot of energy, right? Even if you're just oh, yeah. standing there. I mean, even if you're just standing there, you don't realize. And you are exposed to the elements. And whether you're in Colorado or, you know, the high country in Nevada and California, you know, uh, we're, these are all arid regions, right? So oh, we're yeah. getting, you're, you're getting dehydrated like crazy. Boom. Yeah. You're getting sucked dry. Let, let me, <laughs> let me, uh, let me, let me expand on that for you because what Please. you just articulated is one of the most powerful things and why I'm such a proponent of fly fishing. And so I've started multiple companies. Uh, I own a professional sports team. I've, I'm, I'm a kind of busy guy. Like I like to do a lot of stuff. And that's, um, that has trade-offs. So when the trade-offs is you tend to get, um, you're always, your brain is always going, it is always working problems and that can be very rewarding. And that can also be debilitating that can yes. ruin your sleep. That can really create problems in your life. Relationship wise, fly fishing is one of the few activities I'd say like in a list of two or three 
where you're able to actually disconnect from everything else in your life and focus in, in a way that is, gives you energy. Like it returns stability to your life. So when you're on the water, you're getting a great environment. You're absorbing all the great things of nature. You're also highly focused on activities, on things that are productive, where you're moving in a way with nature to do something that is you're geared to do, you know, evolutionary wise. That's why you get excited to catch a fish because your body's geared for that. It's like food. Yeah. I caught food. Right. So you're giving reward systems and engaging in a natural process that revitalizes your body. It's designed to do that. So if you're ambitious, if, you know, yeah, I'm sure you have young listeners out there who are hustling hard, get on the water. It will give you more energy in the rest of your life than anything else. And that's what the guys who are my age or older and like that, they're doing it because they're like, I know that, like, I have to go do that. So I don't, <laughs> I feel better. Right. Right. And. I think that's one of the things, like if I'd known younger, I would have gotten gravitated more towards it because it's one of the few things you can do that really, it's an activity that gets, if you have a very busy mind, you're attracted to it because it's a very busy activity, but it's also very centering and it gives you a focus that wipes out everything else you have happening in your life, which is very difficult to do nowadays. It's almost impossible. So that's right. the, the beauty of the sport and the activity. Very right. It's a very, um, it's a very primal activity. Um, meaning like, you know, everything that we do in our everyday lives, you know, without getting too deep here, like you mentioned all the stress and, and the busyness and like with you being, you know, uh, owning multiple businesses and, and probably having more than one business going at one time, there's a lot going on, but see, that's, that's fairly new to humans. Like with the level of technology that we have and how fast we can move and develop things, that hasn't been our MO up until recently, you know, maybe the past hundred years, 150 years, 200 years, we, we, we picked up that tempo, you know, because yep. before we're like, we're like, Hey, it, you know, heck, I mean, think about pioneers coming out West, right? Hey, we're setting up a homestead. We're building a house and here's some livestock and here's some, uh, here's some crops. And that's what they had focus on. That was that was their livelihood. They grow that, they feed themselves, and they take that product and they sell it to the outside world. And that that's, in a sense, that's primal, right? I mean, these are all instinctual things that you have to do. And I think fishing brings you there to where, like you said, <laughs> I caught fish. You know, <laughs> you it know, is. It's, it's, I got food. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's it's just like, man, I, you have to work off of those instincts that have been developed over thousands and thousands of years. You're you're resorting back to that, and our bodies are so well-tuned and adept to that, you know, and, and that's, like you said, it's a centering thing. You're like, oh, okay, I can do this. This is great. And then it refreshes you. It's very therapeutic. And then you return to the hustle and bustle, you know, and then rinse and repeat, hopefully. You know, an <laughs> another recommendation I would give um, every fisherman. What's that? You don't have to all the time, but as much as you can, use a guide. Use a guide. Yes. <laughs> okay. And I'm not just, I'm not just here to promote. I'm just saying from personal experience, Yeah. there is a level of satisfaction that you, and enjoyment that you can have when you're not fighting a lot of the mundane stuff and you're not trying to decipher the freaking Rosetta stone of what to do that day. When you have a guy say like, Hey, right. here's what you need to fish. Hey, you're tangled. I'm going to help you with that. It right. is 
that there is a certain level of return that is unquantifiable, but is definitely exponential to what you would have experienced if you were fishing by yourself. Now, I will say there are times that are incredibly satisfying to go out there and do it all on your own, right? From tying the flies to picking the, what you're going to fish, how you're going to fish, everything you're going to use, all your gear. I mean, I love that, but the reality is you need to, as much as you can, as much as it, you know, is, can be tolerated by whatever cost or lifestyle you've got, try to use a guide because you're just going to grow so much as a fisherman and enjoyment of the sport from it, in my opinion. You're absolutely correct. And, and, you know, that's, that's one reason I got into guiding is, you know, I've been fishing for a really long time and I got to that point where I just started helping people, right. You know, take somebody out fishing and they learn from it. And, you know, there's a great feeling in that as a guide, you know, to a client, um, cause you can take weeks, months, and even years of a sharp learning curve off in the matter of a day or two, you know, depending on how much, you know, how long you're going out for a guide trip, you learn so much. And like you said, you get, you get to focus on that. Like, Hey, that guy or gal already knows what flies are working, where the fish are at and puts you on. I mean, you get that feel and that understanding, and then you could really drill down on the fundamentals that you should be working on. Right. And, and that guide, if they're helpful, they're going to look at you and be like, you know, anywhere from the rigging to the casting to how you're setting the hook to how you're landing the fish to how to read the water, how to read the environment and the times of year. And you walk away with a wealth of knowledge that, you know, it would, would take you such a long time to either do on your own. And most of us don't have the time to expend upon it to do it on our own. Right. Or, you know, and you could go read some books. Books are always helpful. But the practical application piece of it is essential, like you said. And I'm glad that you appreciate you know, um, the guides out there because that's, it's not an easy gig, you know, cause there's some people that learn that listen and other oh, guys man. and another guy, you know, other older folks you. are just like, Oh, here's, here's my rod. Fix it. You know, Hey, just cast I, it for me and I'll hold on to it. Like, well, all right. <laughs> I have met, I have met a lot of assholes in my life and I know some of them fish. So, you know, you gotta deal with that. <laughs> but, the, but the reality right. is like, I'm, you know, I, I even, tell young guys this, that, you know, if they're just, I know it's the, the cost is something to consider, but it's worth it. And you don't have to do it every time, but you need to pick times where you get a, a guide who knows what they're doing and you soak it up. You, you're sponge, you're enjoying the, but also enjoy it. Like really get to experience the, that component of fishing without having a lot of the hassles mm-hmm. and you're going to appreciate it more and you're going to learn how to deal with the hassles better. Cause they're going to give you tips on that stuff, especially if you're nice to them. If you're right. nice to a guide, man, they'll crawl through glass for you. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, there is an expense there. I mean, regardless of where you go, I mean, you're, you're going to spend some money in some places, well, way more than other places, but it usually depends upon, you know, your access, the quality of the fishery. And there's all kinds of factors that come into play. But what I can say is, yeah, if you can, um, get out there on whatever water you're fishing, find a reputable guide. And, and here's one key note, and this goes for fly fishing gear as well. You can't afford to be cheap when it comes to fly fishing. And, and what, and and what that means is, you know, not all of us have the deep pockets, you know, to buy every piece of cool gear in the world. But what you'll find if you spend the money on that guide, it's like you said, it's money well spent. It's an education you can't get elsewhere or any other way. And, and, and 
like what I do is like, if I got, you know, new folks on the river, you know, and they're coming out with some kit fly rod they bought, you know, for a hundred bucks at wherever, and, and they experience that. And I, I, I never knock the kit because they look, they're, they're, they're getting the fly fishing. It's a great starter and they'll walk away and they'll be like, they, they learn these different styles of fishing. And I'm like, Hey, look now, now you have a better understanding of, of the water, the fish and this gear. Now you can make an educated decision on what your next step is going to be because, you know, you spent a hundred dollars on this kit, but now next time you're going to spend four or 500 bucks, but guess what? You're going to have that for years upon years upon years and it's going to provide so much satisfaction uh for you you know and no worry in your head you know is this rod gonna make it <laughs> you know um it's it, you're just you're it, just gonna you're just gonna progress you know it's almost so. guaranteed it's almost guaranteed yeah right. high 90 percent if you have that you know entry point poor quality rod you will hook some ginormous monster on it and Bad things happen. Bad things happen. Yes, they do. Right? Uh, yeah, no, Eric, you're right. It's, it happened what a week or two ago. I had a. It'll guy make you cry. No, make a you grown cry. No, man, I, a grown man will cry. Well, we got happens. we got lucky. We had uh, a, a fellow's guide, Mike Mayman. If you're listening, I hope you are. Uh, <laughs> uh, his first time on a river, and he brought his fly kit out. And I kid you not, his his first fish he hooks into is a 20 plus inch brown in this oh. fast moving water. And, and he, he fought it well, you know, he's, he's, he's green to it, but he, 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 he held his ground and he listened and we didn't quite get it to the net. That fish had a lot of fight in it, but we did get it to surface a couple of times. Everyone saw it and we all agreed. We saw enough of it, whether it made it to the net or not. And he was so happy, but to your point later in the day, he got stuck on a rock and was trying to undo his, you know, tangle from the rock and he's sitting there kind of pulling on it. And then you hear a pop, pop. And it broke in half and broke the tip off. And I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> hey, man. There you go. You not know, th- not you, that I would, I'm not one to say I told you so, but you know. Right. I told you so, so. Right. Right. I'm like, but hey, look, that thing made it eight hours. It fought a big, a big fish and some other fish. And I'm like, so you, you got what you paid for, you know, yeah. you know, but he walked away so happy with his experience. He got some great fish. He learned so much. And he was like, I'm like, per- that's all I want. You know, it's like for you to walk away happy. And feeling good about the next time you come out, whether it's with a guide, you know, or you go out by yourself. You're like, yeah, I'm going to, I think I learned something and I remember how to do this. I'm going to go try it, you know, and, and see what happens. And if I need more help, I'll reach out for help, you know? So, you know, this is, this is an interesting question. Cause, um, you know, in a previous life, I owned a professional cycling team, like a road, oh, okay. road bike side. I tend to take my uh, hobbies obsessively too far. Um, Fair and, but one thing people would ask you know, like how much should I spend on a bicycle if I'm going to be riding a road bicycle around and, you know, how many answer would be like, I don't know, you, you spend 1500 bucks to get something that's decent. But the reality is in that sport, if you're going to go ride on a regular basis nowadays, it's like, you're not, you don't even start to have a decent bike until you're spending 3,500 bucks. And even then you're still going to want to go to 5,000 immediately, right? which is, which is crazy. Cause that's a motorcycle that it has is a motorcycle, motorcycle engine on it. Right. So, you know, when I, uh, someone was asking me, it's probably about three years ago, like, oh, I want to, you know, buy some fly fishing gear. And I was like, I don't know. I was like trying to, trying to do a correlation. Like what's the price point for a rod and reel where people kind of need to land where it's not, they're not buying a Winston. They're not like getting the, the, 
the best of the best, but it's high quality. It's going to serve them. It's not going to fall to pieces. Like what's that, what's that break point right there? I, your- I would say, yeah, I would say, you know, with, with different brands I work with and stuff, I'll give you one example, like with, like with mystic fly rods and they mm-hmm. actually happen to be out of Colorado. Um, they got like a, a, or the Reaper line. And I think that lands around, around 290 to $300. And I think across the board, when you, when you're in that price point range right there, you're, you're in middle comfortable ground where you're getting, you're getting quality materials, quality components. Um, you know, you probably have a pretty good guarantee behind it. And the action of the rod is conducive to somebody that could fish it for a very, very long time and have a good long learning curve on it. So I think, and, and complete kits, you know, with that. So like, let's say we're in the three, you know, three to mid $300 range for a rod reels. You can kind of sway on. I would say you probably on the bottom end for a quality reel, that's going to do its job, not freeze up or spool out on you or do something goofy. You know, you're, you're going to be at least in the dollar, $150 range, you know, for something, um, that'll get the job done. And if you want, you can spend way more on the reel. Cause I've seen them. They're out there. They're, oh, you yeah. spend, uh, you, you go crazy. You, you, you can go as crazy as you want. But here, here's my take on it. As long as it has a good solid drag that's waterproof, um, you could drop it a bunch and not hurt it. Um, and it's not a, a boat anchor. Go for it. There's a lot of good reels out there. There really is. There's a, a lot of quality reels. And you get into the line. So ultimately, a whole package. If you're falling complete with line, rod reel, you know, that, that $500, $600 mark, you're probably in pretty good shape. Um, and I would say round that out to don't focus on one single fishing style when you're going to spend that kind of money um, unless you have the money to spend on multiple different types of fly fishing styles. So don't go out and be like, this is going to be my dry fly rod because you're going to regret that because you're only going to have so many times in a year to use that as a dry fly rod. Find something well-rounded, you know, something yes. – you know, some my favorites, and this is regionally speaking, but my favorites, I love like someone brand new. I'll put them like on a five weight or a six weight in a ten foot range, period, because they yep. could fish, they could fish nymph style, they could fish dries, they could fish still water, uh, they can do great roll casting if they're fishing tight brush lines. It's this nice little all around package where you're like if I had to have one rod, I'm gonna put you on this, and you can address so a wide variety of fish. On the smaller fish, eh, you know, you're not going to get much of a thrill out of it. On the bigger fish, you're going to be happy that you had the power because you're going to get into that one fish that one day where you're going to go like, I wish. And that's what you're out there for. Most of us are like, man, I want to catch that big fish. Well, if you happen to catch that big fish, you don't want to have regrets halfway through the fight going, man, wish I didn't get this, uh, whatever it is, you know, this three weight, whatever, because every, because everyone said it was cool. Half in the. Fish is gone. <laughs> fish is gone, you know, and you lose power or you overwork the fish. And, you know, yeah. there, there's all kinds of situations. Going. So to answer your question, I would say that, you know, between that five and $600 range complete, that'll give you some quality components. You'll have a quality product in hand that'll last you a long time. So that's, you can go higher, like, you know, kind of like with the bicycle world, you can go much higher. I, I want tread higher until you're a hundred percent comfortable and set with the current setup that you have, you know, that you spent the five or $600 well, on. So, okay. So that makes me feel better because I remember what I told this individual. I said, he, he probably spent like 400 bucks. Yeah. But spend, spend 800 bucks. Cause 
eight minutes after you spend 400 bucks, you'll be like, damn it. I wish I spent more money. True. (laughs) True. I said, spend 800 bucks, 800 bucks. And you're going to be satisfied for a full season. If you're just getting into the sport. Now, when you come out of that season, you're not going to be disappointed with your equipment and you'll be like, okay, maybe I can upgrade. You could go another season with it, but you know, you're not going to, there's no point. You're going to fail more than the equipment fails. Right. The equipment is not going to fail. You're going to fail. Right. Right. And, and it's funny you say that, that, that price point, because what will happen, you'll see those $300 range of rods, mm-hmm. but right next to it, that, that next, that next grade, whatever it be, or whatever manufacturer might be, might be $125 more. And I told so, him, I said, what the difference you'll feel, and maybe you, you can confirm or articulate this better is you will feel the fish more. You will feel the action more. You will be more present with the activity by spending that 800 bucks. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of great rods out there and I'll tell you what, yeah, you can notice a difference. Um, I would say for the beginner, uh, or intermediate that's progressing into that mid range stuff, spend the time on those rods because that makes those higher end rods you'll feel them better. You'll be more attuned to that. Once you, once you can, uh, master what you have, you'll really appreciate those high end rods versus just going into it. Like, you know, like, so if you had like a cyclist, right, oh, I'm going to go buy the, the $6,000 package or now, you know what? I'm going seven because I want all the best. He doesn't, yeah, they, he, they don't, need they don't know immediately. Yeah. But, but he or she doesn't know what they really have at that point. Right. You want, you want to know what you have, like on the fly fishing side. Um, and then you could fine tune yourself, you know, that much more because you remember all these are these fly rods, reels and lines are just an, ex- it's, it's a tool. It's an extension of you and your arm, you know, to achieve your goal of catching that fish. So got to find what works for you. And yeah, yeah great equipment tool. won't great equipment will not overcome bad technique. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I've proven nope. that. I've proven it. No, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen. Uh, I've seen some great equipment. I put it in some people's hands and I'd be like, Hey, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Client, this is the best rod on the market. In my opinion, this is the best rod on the market. Most expensive. I think it casts like a dream. You know, this rod that's in my hand over here, I I can cast a fly into, you know, something the size of, you know, area of a, of a basketball out there, you know, from 60 feet. But this one, I could drop a fly on the head of a golf ball at 60 feet. You know, that's how I explain some of these differences. And then they put it in their hand and it's just like, there's no, there's no difference. They're like, Oh, I think that's great. And you're watching me. You're like, and, <laughs> and actually whipping and actually, it and slinging it around. Yeah. And it's like, you can tell that they, they can't appreciate the full, uh, um, you know, the power band of the rod or whatever, because they don't understand it because they haven't mastered it on their other rod. You know, because I could tell them, hey, this is a switch rod and your power band's in the top two thirds versus this rod where your power band's in the base, you know, and they don't understand that. So if they don't understand that and they don't have the right casting technique down, it, it's kind of a miserable experience for them, you know. So back to the point, yeah, just work your way up. And I mean, but if you do see that slight upgrade where you're like, man, I did really well on this this beginner rod and I'll move up to intermediate, but man, I could spend 500 or like you said, I could spend 800 on this and I get a little bit more. And usually at that point you're paying for, I don't say sometimes necessarily better action or anything, but your component grade is higher, 
right? So oh, yeah, your yeah. lifespan you're, you're, is higher on that product. You're gonna, you're gonna, in my experience, you're gonna feel the fish. You're gonna feel right. what's happening. The action will be right. more present with you, and that's that was a big thing, I guess. And I'm not saying you spent eight hundred bucks, but I'm saying like, you know, yeah. there's a, there's a solid entry point which everyone points to. Yeah, maybe take one step up. And you're just you, especially if you're new to it, you're just gonna have a your season will not be limited probably ever by your uh, and probably two seasons at least by your techniques or you you your your equipment's not the limiter. You're the limiter then. Right, right, yeah. Because I mean, I started with some Cabela's kits, like right. the hundred dollar, hundred twenty dollar kits, and I started having fun on those. I knew I had. I'm like, man, I know there's better stuff out there, but man, I dealt with what I had. And then when I moved up just to that to that next grade of line of fly line from like the bargain basement bass pro shop cabela line to just something the next level up i'm like whoa this is this line's magic you know and then from there you move yeah you're like wow it doesn't do it's like you're like wow it floats you know and you're like and then you move up to yeah then you move up to the next one and then you really start appreciating them you know and then but then you see that money you spend lasts a long time or is that that you know that cheaper stuff ah, i broke it or i bent it or well yeah that's another way to nah. look at it I, and i broke it down in economics term but i was like all right you're gonna spend 400 bucks this season and i promise you you will go spend at least 600 bucks or 800 bucks next season right so spend six to eight hundred bucks this season and have it for two seasons you just saved yourself 400 bucks right now you got money to spend on other fly fishing stuff like flies and yes. it and leader and all, all, all this stuff where no one tells about, you that you're going to be net? buying a bunch of. How about a, a net? net. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I remember. Like, he, he was like, I forgot to get a net. I was like, what? That's so, an important yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's an important it's, one. It sucks being on the water without a net. I've, uh, you know, uh, got in big water and lost my net, which sucked. But you're still fishing, so you're like, I ain't stopping. Man, you, and you catch a nice fish, and you're just trying to get that thing. You're like, oh, my God, this is a disaster waiting to happen. Yep, so. yep, yep. You got to be all careful because depending on what you're fishing for, it could be sensitive or, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, that, that could be a challenge. So, Eric, I do have a question for you. Yeah. Um, and I this is, this, is, this is my favorite part of the podcast where we talk a little bit about food. And I'm all in. Perfect, your beautiful burritos in particular. And now, look, you're in, look, you're in Colorado. I'm really excited about this. I'm trying to figure out how to put this in words. You're in Colorado. There's a lot of great food in Colorado. And you come from, you spent a lot of time in Orange County. A lot of great food in Orange County. And the food group in particular is the burrito. So I'm here with you. I got you all day yeah. long. Yeah. So I don't know where to go with this because I'll be like, hey, so, what's your favorite burrito? Okay, so here's be all over the place. Here's right, Colorado. Ahead. If you're all in right, Colorado, right. there's only one choice in the burrito game here. Just one. Well, one option that you have to go with. You can go with a range of burritos, right? But you're gonna get it with green chili. Uh, okay? okay. If you don't get it with green chili, you have failed. Mm. Okay. So. You can you can go with whatever type of burrito, you breakfast burrito, whatever. I don't care. Get it with green chili. I promise you. Chili. And and the reality is most places do a very good green chili here. There's ob- there's ranges. Some places are more famous for it, but that's the thing Colorado is known for. Green chili. Okay. California. Well, California's brilliant on burritos. I mean, when I moved to California, I was going to grad school 
at University of California, Irvine. Okay. And, you know, I grew up in South Carolina and then I moved to Southern California and I was like, I'm never leaving. This is the most magical place ever. (laughs) And of course I had never had really Mexican food in South Carolina. It was not a thing back then. And, uh, I was like meat, cheese, beans and rice, tortilla. I could eat this all day long forever. And there's one place in particular that's in Laguna Beach oh, called the, okay. the Orange Cafe. It's right on PCH there. And for one summer, pretty much every morning, I live about 10 minutes from there. I drive down, go paddleboard out in Laguna Bay there in the morning. Yeah. Okay, this is this is a little indulgent. This I took a little hiatus for a few months, and I'd paddleboard out around the bay, come back go up to the orange cafe and get a burrito. And man, that was, that was a magical time. So those are my two burrito stories for, and I got to tell you, Baja Fresh does a great burrito for a fast food place. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. They're not, they're not too shabby. So I love that you brought up the orange County element. So I was, I was in the Marine Corps for a number of years. I was stationed in Pendleton and one of the luxuries was, there's two burrito places and the one I can't remember a name. I don't even think it had a name, but it was in, um, uh, it was in Dana point, this little side shop. And, uh, yeah, they had a great carnitas and carne asada burrito, like super authentic, oh. like Baja style where they, in that style where they don't have the rice or beans in it. It's just the meat. I'm and the with vegetables. it. That's, that's my game right there. That is, yes. that's why I like Baja fresh as a fast, because you could do it without rice and beans. They just put meat right. and cheese. Boom. Done. Yeah. To me, that's cheating. It's cutting corners. You're like, look, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, and, and it has nothing to do with like, oh, it's got too many carbs or whatever. It's like, no, it's like, look, you got this giant tortilla around it. And I'm like, yeah, I got all the starch in the world that I need in this this thing and lard. Right. Like, trust me. I mean, it's it, I'm good. It, it, I, I'm good. I want to fill it, you know, with other goodness. And both of these places, I one was Colima's in Oceanside, and they, they were kind of neck and neck, but it was like super authentic Mexican, like just straight up. You know, I mean, I wanted to question the source of the meat that that puts me in a good position. You know, you want you want the bad Google review where somebody's like, I didn't feel well for days. You're like, perfect. That's for me, because that that's a challenge right there. That's about as authentic you know, as you can get. You, you want it to be off. You want it to be off the health inspector's radar. You know, right. <laughs> yeah. right. When, when they when you walk in there. And they don't understand what OSHA means. You're in a good place. You're in so. a good place. Yeah, because they they're not holding back. You know, right. you know, it, they're they're all in. You know, and right. what you get is what you get. But here's the thing: they're making it. And here's the thing: I learned about these little burrito places that may be questionable. They're eating it too. You know, it's like hundred percent. Yes. You know, so they're eating it too. You know, and they're feeding everyone in there. So you're like, well, you know. You can look at it two ways. It's like either they're used to it and their body's adapted to the nature of <laughs> what they're cooking, how they're cooking it with. But hell, it tastes great, you know. And I was like, maybe I need to adjust myself and come in here a few times a week and deal with the pain and get used to it, you know, and, and tune my body to this new food source. It's well worth it, you know. But I love that you appreciate that, especially coming from like the Orange County is, is when you find these authentic like Mexican places, you get the authentic tortillas, you know, that are – you know, see, like I said, super lard base, almost have like a transparency through when they're loaded up. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, but that's the goodness about it, you know? And it, and it's funny how, how you handle that, you know, like you, you take that into, let's say, 
an outdoor environment if you're able to you know um if you're that burrito is able to make it out without getting eaten on the way to a fly fishing spot you know um you put it in that burrito pocket i don't know oh, if yeah. you know what it, it, you have it on your waiters and now uh, waiter, waiter waiter companies don't list this as a feature and i think they but should. it is a burrito pocket i understand it, i know exactly it, what you're yeah. talking about 100 percent. perfect you put that in the burrito pocket i mean you crack that foil or paper and like you said you know you forget to eat that burrito is gonna hold it's like pizza it's like yeah you can go a few hours that's cooked you. you know you're safe you know. you're safe you take it's got enough spices that's what they put they put spices and stuff in there this guy oh. stabilizes it stabilizes it that's spices you probably you got plenty of fat plenty of lard i mean yeah you know the meat product i mean if it's pork it already has a high embedded fat content and they're probably cooking that on top of like mantica or you know a cow lard base or a lot of butter so you're well protected oh yeah yeah you know i mean that that, that, that does an emulsification to it so you're good yeah it, <laughs> yes it does <laughs> and then even like if you're in a cold weather environment i like to use like Pyramid Lake, as an example, you get out there and it, it's a 20 or 30 degree morning. Well, all that fat is going to congeal around that food source and protect it from, you know, anything in the environment. And it's going to take some time to harbor its own bacteria. So you're fine. I mean, you probably got most of the day to get to it. So you're, you're in a good position. So, but yeah, the green chili aspect, that's fascinating because Colorado, because you also look like that's something you would tie in with like New Mexico as well, which... Colorado it's, borders New Mexico, so it's know, the thing it's here. Thing. It's the yeah. thing here. So if you come here, get a burrito, get green chili with it. Green chili, I got it written down. I mean, I took notes on this. That's how important this was. So fascinating, <laughs> fascinating burrito discussion. I love it. Oh, on these burritos, as far as favorite meat on these, I mean, do you favor you know like a carne asada? I'm a carne asada guy. Carne asada. Yeah, I'm a red meat kind of guy, so that's all right. That's my go-to. You ever get into the any exotics like when you get super authentic, like lengua, tongue, or yeah, it's a nah. You know, I, I spent a lot of time, not a lot of time. I I did quite a bit of fishing down Sea of Cortez, La Paz, mm-hmm. places like that. So you can you can get some, you can go off the reservation real fast there. Yes. Um. Eh, you know, I and on top of that. I spent after college. I spent five years living in northern Japan. Oh, so I got inundated with the most outrageous food you can possibly imagine. Now, some of it was amazingly delicious, but some of it freaked me out pretty hard. <laughs> so after a while, it's like you know, I've been out there. I've been off the reservation. By the time I got to California, I was like, I'll try stuff, but I wasn't really going hard on the uh, the new things or the see what I can see what I can tolerate. Uh, that, that was my twenties. My twenties right. was what can I tolerate? Right. I think I'm in my thirties. I was like, you know, I kind of know what I like. So I'm stick with that. Right. Right. I've, I've experienced that in plenty of the Mexico thing with, with, uh, street food. Um, Ooh, yeah. What's that? Can go uh, bad. Yeah. Yeah. What's the one I'm forgetting the name of one of the, uh, the towns there, but one. So anyway, I got used to the fish tacos in San Felipe, which mm-hmm. reasonably seemed pretty safe. Until yep. went over to, uh, man, where's that? Ah, it's another, it's another port city. I just can't forget it. I can't remember its name anyway. So I was highly confident from the San Felipe stuff that I ran into a street vendor on the other side of Baja that was basically had the meat on a stick, mm-hmm. which you don't know. It could be a, an assortment of different meats or whatever. And I remember that I paid for that taco for a while. 
So, yeah. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but he's got to be careful. Sometimes the, you know, the the free air meat on a stick thing spinning around, you could probably put some caution to that. Whereas the fish tacos seem a little bit safer because they are coming off either a deep fryer or a, a flat top <laughs> right away. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so not har- harboring bacteria at a little above, you know, ambient temperature, you know, for hours <laughs> upon time, you know, you're like, yeah. well, <laughs> so, Hey, I want to thank you for, for coming on, Eric. I appreciate it. And I also want to let the listeners know that you can learn more about myoderm at myoderm.com. Uh, and that's M Y A D E R M. Well, the best way to learn about it is get it. And certainly you get offer them a, a discount because, yeah. Uh, we want yeah. to support your your show and your listeners out there. So, uh, yeah, please uh, please encourage them to try it. Uh, they have a thirty day money back guarantee. Oh wow! Oh, that's so, outstanding. That's and return it, no questions asked. Get your money back because they won't they won't need to. Can't do that with many products out there. That's for sure. And and that code is it's a twenty percent off code and just use the word bearfish when you yeah. check out. And you'll get your 20% off on whatever you go for the 2,400 milligram CBD advanced sport that I'm literally holding in my hand and you can't see because, well, you can't because it's a podcast. Um, and they got their 5,000 milligram, which that's the RX, correct? The uh, Correct. So, and yeah. the difference is just so they know that we have a uh, advanced therapy, which is a light citrus scent, advanced sport, which is a light eucalyptus scent. And Advanced RX, which is no fragrance, and also RX as uh, twice starts out twice the strength of our strongest sport and therapy. So you'll see 2,400 milligrams in our strongest strength of a 1.7 ounce. You'll see uh, 5,000 milligrams in a 1.7 of our RX, and we also have a 10,000 milligram, Holy which smokes. is 20% concentration. I mean, that let me put it this way: the other. The other products you can find on the market, one, they don't work because they're just oily messes, right? But the highest concentration you'll find is maybe close to 2%. Maybe. That's oh. it. We're at 20%. Wow. So it's just not even the same types of products out there. And, um, yeah, hopefully you get can help some folks who have aches and pains. They can try it. Money back guarantee. They get a 20% discount. I think we got a win here. Awesome. Awesome. And then – and you're in a lot of, I mean, other than you can also, you can procure it off uh, the myoderm.com, um, but there is retail locations as well. And it Absolutely. You can, uh, you, GNC uh, nationwide carries it. Uh, regionally, some Rite Aids and also Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's it's easy to go online too. So yeah. whatever is convenient for you. Yeah. And it comes quick too. Like anytime you guys send me stuff, it's boom, it's in the mail and I mean, what, two, three days, and then it's Colorado to Nevada. Anyway, yeah, it comes quick. It comes. It's beautiful packaging. Um, these little packages, these little the your little pump, um, your pump tubes can tuck away nicely in a fly fishing vest, a backpack, in the car, in the glove box, in the medicine cabinet. It's just an all around awesome package from what's inside to what's outside. So, well done, sir. <laughs> well you. done. Appreciate that. <laughs> Much appreciated. Well, again, thank you for joining us. I uh, really appreciate you coming on board and talking about myoderm, talking about fly fishing in Colorado and your experiences and the chatter in between about fly fishing experiences and gear. I think that will really hit home with a lot of people. And 
really more importantly is is the burrito discussion. Yeah, because now, I agree. I mean, they, they need I to mean, understand you come to Colorado, got to get green chili. Got it. No, that's important. It's like it's like you don't go to Chicago and ask for ketchup on a hot dog. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So this is something we got to do. So hey, that's important. I think you know this. Um, bad things happen when you ask for ketchup on a hot dog and <laughs> doesn't just doesn't, yes. Yeah. Don't just, you find your way out of town real quick, or they'll help you. Um, and then Orange County at Laguna Beach, the Orange Cafe. Um, hopefully, someone will take take that up and see what's going on there. So, once again, thank you, sir, Eric. Been great, and uh, hopefully, you can join us again in the future, and maybe we'll get on the water sometime in the future and fish something out in Colorado or we'll get you out here to pyramid Lake and you can see what that's all about. So we'd love it. All right. Awesome. Well, that wraps up this episode of burritos, breaks and flies. And until next time, tight lines. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Oh, yeah. Now, when I was a young boy, at the age of five, Another South gonna be the greatest man alive. But now I'm a man, way past 21. I want you to believe me, baby. I have lots of fun. I'm a man.
too many. The lion I shoot, and will never miss. When I make love to a woman, she can't resist. I think I go down to old Cassie's too. I'm gonna bring back my second cousin. That's little John the Conqueror. Make love to your woman in five minutes' time. Ain't that a man? Yeah. I spell him yeah. a And that rabbit that I'm grown. Too bad.